listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. To participate in the show, go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W dot com. Click on the contact link and submit your question or comment there. I'll use it as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. Leave your voicemail there and I'll use that as part of the show. And now, the Fret Files Podcast. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Fret Files Podcast. My name is Eric Daw, your personal guitar scientist with 25 years of experience building and repairing guitars. Sitting beside me is my lovely co-host, Melissa. Greetings, guitar nerds. I will read the listener-submitted questions, and Eric will try to answer them the best he can, drawing on his experience as a professional luthier. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of good questions. Uh, Happy 2020, by the way. Yeah. Here we are, New Year. Episode ninety six. This is uh this marks six years doing the podcast. Does it really? Yep. Wow. I think fourteen. Well, time flies. Yep. It only seems like twenty. <laughs> now it's it's been a blast. I'm glad. You know, I am so glad we started doing this podcast. I I don't think I've really said that on the show, but it's been a really cool thing. Yeah, totally. I've, I've met and talk to a lot of people that I wouldn't have otherwise and uh I it's it's helped my business, you know. It's yep. just a it's a very cool thing. It's helped Melissa's business. For sure. Yeah. I would not be where I am now. We've got some great questions, questions about polishing hardware, questions about removing scratches, questions about removing fingerboards and uh that crazy vinyl dan electro binding tape. Oh yeah. Yeah. What is that? Like it's it's marine vinyl basically. Crazy. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Uh what what have you been working on lately in the leather shop? Oh, I've got uh two sugar skull and rose straps in this month. I've got a bunch of broadcaster straps. I keep going back and forth. I'm going I'm sticking with reproduction black guard. Not broadcaster, black guard straps. Good. I like that. Yeah. Repro- reproduction black guard straps. That's what I'm sticking yeah. with. Are you ever, are you going to do, I think I've talked to you this, about this before, but I don't remember what you said. Are you going to do the later straps that are black with yes. the white backing? I have one in my shop. I just need to make it. I have it. I have it. You just need to make a template I just make, and do it. Yeah. Right. I just yeah. haven't had time. I just, right. I'm busy. You know, what have you been working on? Custom guitars. Quite a few of them. Uh, there was a big push at the end of the year there for me to get a bunch of things wrapped up. But now I'm working on, um, yeah, I'm working on, let's see, a, a refinish and restoration on a vintage Jazzmaster. I'm working on two custom instruments for some dudes that, are, that should be very happy with them. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. What else have I been working on? Oh, rewinding a lot of pickups and making pick guards for everybody. 
Super busy in the shop and lots of just random day-to-day repairs, you know, nothing nothing to write home about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we take some uh, some questions here or do you have anything else to add? No. Um, do we know how many calls? Uh, No. We don't have any calls. No calls. All right. No calls at all. Yeah. Let's take some questions. Letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. Hi, question for you. Got a couple of hack setups I need to do. One is, slash was, a dead mint 05 R8 Les Paul I picked up to flip. Long story short, I loaned it to a guy to play, hoping he'd purchase. Not only did he flake, but I just opened the case after several months, and he apparently wrote it hard and put it away wet several times. Needed to be cleaned and restrung regardless, but the once spotless nickel-slash-chrome pickup covers have noticeable Rux oxidation on them. If this were my guitar, I wouldn't care, but I want to move it in legit, very good plus condition for nerds who like their guitars shiny. Any advice on anti-relicking these covers? I have some Flitz liquid polish that claims to be safe for all metals and plastics. Good or bad advice? Thanks, Porter. Right on. Thank you, Porter. Uh, He says they're nickel slash chrome. I think that they're nickel, not chrome, on the... uh on an R8 Les Paul. Um, cleaning up that nickel, uh, yeah, it's it's easy to do. It's not a huge deal. The, the biggest thing to be aware of is that there's a fine line between cleaning it and polishing it and then actually polishing all the way through the plating because that nickel plating is very, very thin. So you don't want to go nuts here. Um, you can try that polish that you mentioned you have, maybe dilute it, uh, you know, you could just dilute it with some water, um, and then, you know, take it easy and slow and stop at better. Don't, don't try to go all the way to perfection here because it'll never, it, the only way to do that would be to replate it. It's never going to look like that again. Sorry, but you probably, you know, if you try to take it all the way to perfection by, um, getting too aggressive with some polish or, uh, or um, a buffer or something, you're going to polish through the plating and then you're going to have a much bigger problem. So, uh, yeah, but little elbow grease and a little bit of polish. And I think that that hardware should shine right up. Cool. Thanks, Porter. Good luck. Hi, Eric. I've listened to all of your podcast and enjoyed every one. Thank you. My questions. I recently purchased a used 2018 Made in Mexico Strat. All original. What on this guitar would you recommend changing out for improvements? I am a drummer that is picking up the guitar again for the first time since I was a teenager, but I'm serious about gigging locally. I've noticed that the tone knobs don't seem to have a tremendous effect when adjusting them. It has a tremolo bar, and my local tech suggests pinning the bar down permanently, but I kind of like the idea of the bar effect at times. I imagine that this is a personal decision considering string tuning, etc., Also, there is the subject of pickups. I know that there was a discussion on your podcast about this, but I don't remember the final outcome. Can you opine, please? As you well know, the internet is chock full of advice about these sort of things. Strange as it may seem without ever meeting you, I've come to trust your judgment in these matters. (laughs) I hope you and your family are well and enjoy the holidays, my brother. Thank you in advance, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for the question. You know, believe it or not, I know this might be hard for you to believe, but 
I don't know if you like if you just say I have a 2018 made in Mexico Strat. I I just don't know innately what pickups, what tuners, what pots that has in it. There are too many guitars, people. I mean, can you imagine if I knew what every make and model of guitar had for parts? I mean, it it was one thing when Fender offered a Stratocaster and a Telecaster. Now they have like a Stratocaster Roadworn and a Stratocaster Deluxe and a Stratocaster Player Series and a Stratocaster Standard and a Stratocaster Dimebag Daryl Signature Model and a Stratocaster... I mean, there are probably more than a hundred strats. Wow! That you could that you could. I mean, it's nuts. How could anybody know? I don't even think a Fender <laughs> rep would know, right? And I'm not complaining about your question. I'm just explaining to you my answer before I give it. I don't even think a Fender rep would know right off the back of their hand, like, like yeah, w- what part every guitar has. They have a Anyhow, binder. My point is, Steve, that you're going to want to take the pickguard off, look at the pickups, look at the pots, look at the switch, and uh, compare what you see, if you don't know what you're looking at, compare what you see to some pictures you might find online. Does it have Alnico pickups? Alnico 5, you know, standard Stratocaster pickups? Or does it have, like, some Mexican... Strats had uh, ceramic magnets and steel rods, you know. Does it have real CTS pots or does it have kind of crummy pots? Um, so those are certainly things to look at replacing. The pickups, the pots, the hardware and the tuners, you know, once you get into that, you could certainly spend money doing that, but um, I've found that the hardware and the tuners on those guitars are perfectly acceptable, and uh, I'd rather see you save your money and and get just a nicer guitar someday. Not that this isn't bad guitar, but I mean, we're talking about a what is this a three hundred dollar, four hundred dollar guitar, right? Yeah, I don't so, um, I I hate to see you spend another three or four hundred dollars fixing it up, but Here's the first thing to do. When you plug it in and play it and listen to it, does it just make you smile? Like is it just is it just a joy to play? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um listen to your own instincts on this. If you're playing it and you're going, "Man, it sounds shrill." It just sounds shrill and terrible. Well, then there's things you can do to address that if you think that it sounds um, too bassy, you know. I mean, there's things that you can do, right? Right. But uh, just out of right out of the chute, buying that guitar to start swapping out parts, what should you swap out first? I don't know. Just, just get used to the guitar first. See if you like the pickups. Figure out what's in it. Do some research. If it has ceramic bar pickups with steel slugs um if it were me i would replace those with alnico pickups some people actually like those ceramic pickups believe it or not wow yeah it's true uh but i that's that's me i would replace it with some alnico pickups if it doesn't have good pots if it doesn't have a good switch if it doesn't have a good jack 
These are these are definitely things that I would replace. If you want to get fancy, you could have a bone nut put on there. But again, how much money do you want to spend fixing up a Mexican strat? Right. Right. Yep. So it's really it's 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 your call. Something to think about. But these are just these are just my thoughts, right? I can't tell you what to do and what not to do. But a question like that, these are these are just the thoughts that uh, that come to mind. And certainly, you'll find all kinds of crazy advice on uh, on the internet <laughs> and on forums. But I see a lot of people do this, and they they buy a three hundred dollar guitar, and then they spend six hundred dollars putting you know, bare knuckle pickups in it and this special wiring harness that they bought from this charlatan on eBay that's going to, it's, it's, oh, these are special pots. I know they just, they see, they say CTS on them, but these are, these are special. Um, You know, special taper pot that's really going to, it's not going to, it's just not going to move your daily happiness meter on that guitar. This is a $300 guitar, right? So um, get it sounding good, get it playing good. Here's the one thing that I definitely would do if I were you with that new guitar or any new used guitar that you get. The first thing you do is get it set up. If you do, if you don't have the ability to set up your own guitar, have it professionally set up. So many people want to put um, gear frenzy in front of uh, just... Um, Standard playability? Yeah, standard playability. They don't know that, I mean, they get a guitar and they think, well, it's okay, but I think it'd sound better with better pickups. Well, get it set up first. You'd be surprised how much of a difference in feel and sound just a good pro setup will do. Night and day. Absolutely night and day. So get that done and then maybe start thinking about pickups and pots. And his other questions. What did he? What else did he? Uh... The tone knobs don't really work. Oh well, that's a problem. So if the if you don't notice any difference when you're when you're rolling the tone off, uh, two two possibilities. One is that you're 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 rolling off the wrong knob when you're at the s- certain switch position. Right? Oh yeah. So those not those tone knobs uh, don't work on every pickup. Typically. The um the middle knob that that first tone knob controls the uh, neck pickup tone. The next knob controls the middle pickup tone, and then there's no tone control for the bridge pickup. So depending on what pickup you've got selected, sometimes those tone knobs don't do anything. If you understand that, which I'm sure you already do, I'm not explaining this for your benefit, Steve. This is for the the this new, is for me. This is for the newbies out there, the yeah. people like Melissa that don't play guitar. Right. <laughs> right. They're listening, though. They're listening. They're trying. Uh, Steve, what, what was I saying? Uh, tone knobs. If you already know all this and you're saying, Eric, the tone knobs are malfunctioning, well, then uh, get that checked out. There's there's something wrong. There's a there's a cold solder joint, or something's not making a proper ground. So uh, that's an easy fix, though. A tone circuit is just a, a capacitor and a potentiometer, so that's an easy fix if the if the tone pot isn't working. He also wants to know his local tech says he suggests pinning the bar down permanently 
but he kind of likes the idea of the bar for effect at times. Yeah, you can set up a strat in a, such a way that the um, the the tremolo is sitting flush with the top, but you can still use the bar. You can still go down in pitch. Some people like to have it floating so you can go up or down. It doesn't matter. They were designed to float originally, so to have it floating is actually the way that it that it was designed. That's fine. They just uh, have a little more tuning stability when the bridge is flat against the body. But you still you still can use the bar. Yeah, if you set it right, if you set it up right, you you can have the bridge flat against the body, but you can still use the bar. You can only go down in pitch. You can't okay. you can't raise the pitch. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. I hope that helps, Steve. I I just rambled on for about five minutes there. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Hey, Eric. Unfortunately, I've developed some circular marks on the headstock around my tuners from using a string winder on my Santa Cruz guitar. Is there a way to get this back in original condition? Also, do you have any tips on how to remove scratches from the pickguard? Thanks, Will. Absolutely, Will. These, these are related questions. So he has scratches on his pickguard, and he has some scratches, some circular marks on the headstock from using a string winder on his Santa Cruz those are beautiful guitars. You ever seen a Santa Cruz acoustic guitar? No. You probably have, but I, just didn't know it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, this is this is a simple matter of uh, some polishing compound. That's what I would do. You know, uh, I have to I have to just look something up here. I think Stuart McDonald has has stopped selling my favorite polish. Oh. And uh, they said they were going to, and then. I ordered a bunch of tubs of it because I thought, oh, if they're not going to sell that, then I need to stock up. Uh, so I'm just going to their website here, typing in polish. What do they have? Uh, they, yeah, it looks like they do not sell the polish I like anymore. They had a paste polish that was sold in big tubs that I really liked. Anyway, I'm sure this stuff that they have here now will be fine. They have a scratch remover. Uh... It's called, it's called, yeah, it's just called Stuart McDonald Scratch Remover. And then they have some other polish, uh, looks like Color Tone Polishing Compounds. That looks like a big bottle. Maybe not. Let me look. Oh, yeah. Four ounce. It's not big. It's just the internet. Everything looks bigger on the internet, right? Yeah. Four ounce bottle, $10. So... Um, you would want to get either the fine or the swirl. Well, yeah, not the swirl remover. Get fine. Get the fine uh, color tone polishing compound from Stuart McDonald or their scratch remover. Or if you're super industrious and you want to go down to your local auto parts store, they will have good polish there. I mean, I, I do a lot of shopping at the auto parts store. Um, Meguiar's. Meguiar's Mirror Glaze. Uh, it's kind of expensive as polish goes, but it's a pretty big bottle. So uh, I use a lot of, uh, I, I've used a lot of their polish over the years. What you want to do is just get a little bit of polishing compound and polish those scratches out. I mean, that's all there is to it. Put some on a clean rag and polish it out. Just with your finger behind the rag, little circles, you know? Yeah. If they're super deep, um, then you 
you know, sometimes, I mean, you, you could have to wet sand with like a thousand grit first, but it doesn't sound like they're super deep from, from what you're saying. So try that. Give that a try. Thanks, Will. I discovered Fret Files a few months ago, and I've been listening every night since, working my way up from episode one. The only downside is that it lulls me to sleep. Thanks. Yes, I have a very, uh, <laughs> it's like a lullaby, my voice. Just a very sing-song, somnolent lullaby. Uh, and I rarely make it to the end, but never without learning something first. <clears throat> That's like when I try to watch the British baking show. <laughs> I nod <laughs> off about the about the time they start doing, you know, whatever. Technical challenge. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, my question. I've been using Stumac heel screw-adjust truss rods in my builds. There was a recall on them, but occurred after they were installed in two of my walnut T-style necks. And really? The, and the heel adjust screws have twisted off, leaving me with two beautiful necks with broken truss rods. Oh, dear. How do I m- remove the maple fretboards that are glued on with tight bond? Stumac has given me replacements, but unless I can safely remove the fretboards, I'll be unable to replace the rods. I know heat works with hide glue, but what do I do with tight bond? That's from mm. Stephen M. in Woodenville, Washington. Yeah, Stephen. Uh, same thing, actually. Um, heat works with hide glue, absolutely. Heat definitely does soften tight bond as well. So, uh, you can, you can use heat, you know, the same way you would take off a, a fingerboard that was glued in with hide glue. A lot of guys use just irons, electric iron, mm-hmm. right? Just directly on the wood? Just, yeah. I mean, the, the cool thing about, um. I guess the frets would. Yeah. A neck, a fingerboard is that the iron sits on the frets. Yeah. Yeah. So it works. Um, you have to be careful not to overheat and burn the wood, or if it's ma- finished maple, don't burn the finish. So, um, but yeah, same way you'd do a hide glue one. Heat it up and very slowly work it off with either a, uh, a hot knife, you know, like a pallet knife. Mm-hmm. Not a pallet knife. What am I trying to say? A spatula? Yeah, like a removal spatula. Or you can, um, here's a, here's a slick trick. Take an old guitar string. Oh. Tie it off onto two dowels. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, you know, a plain string, like a, a .012 or something like that. Put it, tie it off between two dowels, and you can work it back and forth. Uh, and you like MacGyver. And remove the, well, you know. That's the greatest tip I've ever heard y- ever y- come out of your mouth. Well, ever. you're working on a guitar. Liable to have some guitar strings. You got to use what you have, right? You're so cool. So you heat it up, and you can just work it off with either a removal spatula or, um, like I said, with a guitar string. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. Good luck, Stephen. I didn't know about recalled truss rods. I have have some old school heel adjust uh, truss rods. From Stuart McDonald. I wonder if they've been recalled. Yeah, you should check. And I wonder why they were recalled. Well, obviously, the adjust screws twist off and break. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what <laughs> happened to that's what happened to Stephen in Woodenville. Yeah. I'd be kind of mad about that. I he was remarkably patient in this in this question. I, I feel know. like I would be. 
I would yeah. have shown my frustration a little more. Also, Stephen, I'm sorry that your question wasn't at the first part of the episode, because you're probably asleep by now. <laughs> Should we take a break? Yes. We'll be right back. If you're at all curious about my guitar repair services or my custom guitars, you can check out my websites, ericdaw.com. That's more the repair side of things. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. I would love to help you with that tricky repair or restoration. You know, maybe you don't have somebody in your area, or maybe you've got a very valuable guitar that you don't want to trust to just anybody. And the guitars that I make are at pinupcustomguitars.com. That's pinup, like pinup girl, P-I-N-U-P. I offer worldwide service uh, on repairs. People send me repairs from all over the country and, uh, well, even internationally. And I definitely send guitars all over the world. So if you're curious about what I do and want to learn more, that's how to check it out. ericdaw.com and pinupcustomguitars.com. Hey, guitar nerds. You probably already know that I make custom leather guitar straps. All of my straps are handcrafted from design all the way to completion. You can see examples of my past work on my Instagram account. That's at MelcoLeather. Visit MelcoLeather.com now to get free shipping on orders of $35 or more within the U.S. That's MelcoLeather.com. M-E-L-C-O Leather.com. Hey, Eric, really enjoy the podcast. I have, over the past year or so, really fallen into the trap of guitar geekery. Oh, back away from the computer. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Guitar geekery uh, is a road that can only lead to certain places, and none of them are good. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, go ahead and continue. I'm just being silly. Yes. Uh, really love vintage acoustics and I have way too many, according to my wife. I've started purchasing, <laughs> I've started purchasing older acoustics and have begun to rebuild and fix them. 58 Gibson LGO and a 54 Jose Ramirez are currently on my bench. Cool. I've done two neck resets and a full build of the LGO so far, among many small repairs. YouTube, podcasts, and books are my references so far. My question is about a good luthiery, luthiery book, reference slash Bible, that you would recommend above all others. Hmm. I am also curious about how far you go on refinishing guitars in relation to overall long-term value. Some of my guitars have finishes that need help, but then again, the mojo may be lost if refinished. Have you ever thought about doing workshops? <laughs> I would be highly interested. Thank you for all you do. That's from Chad in Fall City, Washington. Thanks for the question, Chad. Uh, have I thought about doing workshops? I, Not really. I mean, I guess I could potentially someday, but not in my town. I don't know. Uh, I I did one once. You at, did? Yeah, at Emerald City Guitars. We did, one day we did a uh, a workshop called Tone School. Oh. Yeah, you got to go to Tone School now. <laughs> and uh, myself and Amp Tech Wizard Brent Bagby. Okay, yeah. And uh, blues player extraordinaire Henry Cooper. This sounds like a good recipe so far. We all did. We each we each gave a presentation uh, about, um, you know, getting good tone and guitar maintenance and amp maintenance and all this. To whom? 
uh, to anybody who wanted to come at Emerald City Guitars. It was a free clinic. Cool. This was probably 10 years ago. Wow. Not that many people came. So we never did it again. <laughs> and that was that. So I'm sorry you missed it. Uh, oh, he's in Fall City, too. He could have come to that. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I, I, I probably won't be doing any workshops unless I do something with the uh, Fretboard Journal or with Emerald City Guitars, you know, someday when I'm out of town. But, I mean, hey, if it ever happens, you're going to hear about it here first, yep. right? Yep, He wants to know a good luthiery book or reference Bible that I would recommend above all others. Well, um, there's two. And the reason there's two is because one is more about repairs and one's more about building. So I'm not sure what you're asking, but mm. the repair uh, reference that I use uh, or that I recommend is the Guitar Player Repair Guide by Dan Erlewine. That's uh, 24 bucks on Amazon. There's used ones for 13 bucks. So very affordable. The Guitar Player Repair Guide by Dan Erlewine. Uh, who published that? It doesn't matter. You can find it. The one that I would recommend on building is called Build Your Own Acoustic Guitar. Complete Instructions and Full-Size Plans by Jonathan Kincaid. Uh, I've never followed all of his instructions in there, but I've just read through the book several times, and it's just a, it's just so well laid out and the pictures and the and the uh the instructions are just so well thought out and it's so nicely presented that it's just an enjoyable read um even if it weren't such a helpful book you know so those are the two that I would recommend what about for building electrics you don't build acoustics no i don't but i'm just answering his question i mean it was just as a i don't i don't build acoustics but just as a uh uh, I, I do rebuild acoustics and yeah. repair them. And so uh, just for that, it was fascinating to read. It was great to read. Cool. I don't know of a book about how to, I've never, I don't have one that says how to build electric guitars. I, I'm sure there are some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Uh, what was his other questions? Mm, oh, how, how far do you go on refinishing guitars in relation to overall long-term value? Um, my rule of thumb is don't. If you've got a vintage guitar and the finish is still intact, just don't refinish it. Well, how vintage though? Like, would you would you refinish an '80s Strat? Why? I mean, you could. Um, I mean, when I'm thinking of vintage, I'm thinking of of. I mean, '70s is pushing it. Yeah. Right. Right. But. Uh, it hurts the value. So the only time I do, I do end up refinishing a lot of vintage guitars, but they're guitars that are sent to me that have already been stripped or someone has already refinished them, but poorly, mm. or they were left in a barn for 30 years and the finish fell off. Oh, I wonder or, about that. You know, so um, if the finish is intact, it just has a lot of mojo. Man, leave it alone. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I always err on the side of just leave it alone. I mean, even if the finish is half gone, it's still the original finish. I'd rather have 
the original finish half gone than than to have uh you know refinished fully right guitar when we're talking about a vintage guitar so just embrace the mojo thanks chad thanks chad hi eric and melissa Long time, first time. Oh, that's an old talk radio thing. Oh, yeah. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Long time listener, first time caller. I like that. First of all, I want you to know that everything in our house now has the same situationally adjusted theme song. For example, when a cat walks into the room, it's kitties. We get kitties. <laughs> we get stacks and stacks of kitties uh, or toddlers. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, ad nauseum. My wife and I both hold you personally responsible for this. I think we'd get along well with these people. I think so, too, because that's exactly what we do. Uh, well, not exactly. We're, no, we're right. Just, we but just with other things. Sing silly songs and do silly things. Yeah. Um, on to the actual question. Are all pre-80s Strat frets installed sideways? <laughs> If not, does he mean from the side, I hope, not sideways? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'd call that sideways. Yeah. I was just picturing the frets installed along like, with the neck. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, sorry. Uh, if not, is there a way to tell? Assuming they are, do you have any neat tricks to share for either the removal of the old frets or the sideways installation of the new frets? Yes, I YouTubed the crap out of these questions, but I'd like to hear your take on it. Thanks and love the show. That's from Matt in Milwaukee, Oregon. P.S. There totally is a Milwaukee, Oregon, and we are aware that we spell it wrong. Yeah. That's M-I-L-W-A-U-K-I-E. Yep. Milwaukee, Oregon. Mm -hmm. But you still can't pump your own gas. Yeah. <laughs> I think they can now. No, really? I think so. Did they redo that? I think so. Oh. Congratulations, Matt. Wow. Freedom. <laughs> Isn't it great pumping gas? You didn't I, know what you were missing all these years. I wish that I didn't have to pump my own gas, to be honest. I'll pump gas for you. Thanks. You're welcome. On to the uh, guitar part of the podcast. <laughs> Oh, frets, uh, frets. yeah. Are all pre-80s Fender frets installed sideways? Yes, they are. Um, I heard about this years ago, 20 years ago, uh, or more. And I didn't believe it the first time I heard it. I thought, you have got to be kidding me. There's no way. But I saw the pictures of the machines. I've seen video of it being done. I mean, it's they were installed from the side. Well, yeah. So, uh, to remove them, you can absolutely remove them just like you would any other fret. Sometimes they're easier to take out sideways. What I find, and you know, you see people on, uh, and I have a few videos about this on my YouTube channel, but you see people on the internet saying all vintage Fender frets must be removed sideways, otherwise you risk permanently damaging the guitar. It just ain't true, man. If you know what you're doing, if you know how to remove frets cleanly, you can absolutely remove frets cleanly from a vintage fender, going, pulling them straight out and up, just like any other fret. Um, the trick is you have to know what you're doing, right? Um, they can also be removed from the side. My thing is this. Um, removing them from the side, you're, you're risking damage to the side of the neck. It can blow out the wood there. 
So either way, you have to be patient and careful and know what you're doing. So um, the only time that I, uh, I almost always start removing frets sideways first is if it's a later fender, like late 60s all through the 70s, up into the early 80s, where the finish is real thick over a maple fingerboard. When they're just encased like that, trying to pull them out from the top of the fingerboard is almost impossible. You can't even grab it because the lacquer just comes at a gradual slope up the side of the frets and you can't get to it. So you have to score that lacquer. You have to, um, it's poly. You have to score that polyurethane get the fret kind of, you know, free from the lacquer. And then uh, I've found, especially when it's, when the frets are very worn and they're almost flush with the lacquer, you'll have better luck uh, taking those out sideways. So, um, and to do it, what I do, same thing I do when I pull frets the normal way, heat it up with a soldering iron, heat the fret, put water on it first, put water on the fret and on the fretboard, then heat it all with the soldering iron, moving the soldering iron back and forth across the fret. It'll like boil the water and the water will get down into the fret slot. And then you can remove the fret. Um, if you're going to pull it, you pull it with nippers or with little fret removal nippers. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're going to push it out sideways, you can do it. Um, it's hard to explain, but you know, with a removal tool, I can, I have a, it's like an owl or a, a sharpened, you know. <laughs> sharpened stick. Yeah, right? <laughs> and you can just tap it out from the side. But it's tricky, and you can absolutely um, slip and put a big slash across the finish. So you've got to be careful if mm-hmm. you're going to do that. 70s thick poly fender necks are not fun to refret. I should charge... I should stop doing them but i should charge when i when somebody sends me one i should charge three times i don't but i should because <laughs> they are a huge pain is oftentimes what you find is that lacquer is so brittle man it's like it just flakes off i mean it gets so brittle and then then what do it, you do it just i mean yeah it, it's really a mess it can be a mess it sounds hard. Yeah. Sorry about it. Anyhow, thank you so much for the uh, for the question there, uh, Matt from Milwaukee, you Oregon. Know, we have a lot of inside jokes, Eric and I do. And just the other day I said, I wonder if anybody else has inside jokes about us. Oh, I don't remember that. They do. People oh, do. Yeah. See that right there? Uh, well, thanks, Matt. Hello, Daw family. Thanks for making a podcast to truly enjoy. The way Melissa helps remind you to explain details of your extensive knowledge, your personal banter, and the occasional wailing of the little one in the background make it truly feel like asking (laughs) friends for their advice. My simple question pertains to a beloved vintage Dan Electro I acquired from a luthier in Salt Lake City. The tape around the edges of the body are peeling away. What's the best way to fix that? Thank you, Brigham. Right on. Thanks for the question, man. Uh, I'm glad, you, you know, th- th- that was really nice. Thank you for the uh, for the nice words. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate it. 
Uh, how do you... The tape around the edges of the body on a Dan Electro is peeling away. The best way to fix that, there's two ways. If it's if it's really peeling away bad, um, you might want to just take it off the rest of the way, clean up the glue, and re-glue it all back on. Uh, I like to use Weldwood contact cement for that. Um, would, do you think 3M adhesive spray would work? You, you said that stuff is really... Yeah, but it's not like contact cement, yeah. and plus you'd have to deal with overspray. Yeah. So, um, uh, if it's if it's just coming off in places, like where the waist of the guitar is, or up in the horn or something, um, I would wick a little bit of super glue in there and hold it down. You've got to be careful. Have some Q-tips ready to wipe up any extra super glue that's squirted out of there. Just a little bit, man. Just a little bit of super glue goes a long <laughs> way, okay? So take it easy. But if it's just coming up in a few places, that's what I would do. Good old cyanoacrylate super glue. Cool. Thanks for the question. Thank you so much for participating in the show. We really appreciate it. I've got some I've got some plans. I have plans for twenty twenty. Oh. Oh yeah. This is news to me. Well, we're gonna have I've got some interviews cooking, bubbling away in the background. Oh. I have two interviews coming up. Um we may start doing some different advertisers. Oh. Uh our longtime uh advertiser and sponsor, Emerald City Guitars, is a wonderful store. I love them very much. They are they are, however, no longer going to sponsor this podcast, which is great. Uh I think that it was time. Yeah. So uh, they've been sponsoring the show for five, six years. Six years. Yeah. So um, we'll probably have some different advertisers moving forward, but I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen yet with that. And uh, a lot of interviews, a lot of good things coming. So Cool. I'm ready, as SpongeBob <laughs> SquarePants would say. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. If you want to participate in the show... You should do that by going to ericdaw.com, E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click on the contact link and just submit your question or comment there. The other way to do it is text or call 757-774-8482. West of the Rockies, that number is 757-774-8482. East of the Rockies, it's a different number. No, he's joking. 757-774-8482. 8482. You have to say it three times. Otherwise, they don't know. Okay. It's not like they can pause the show. It's not like... Anyhow, the show's over. Thank you. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Good night.